1: Boom! shaka and lock All right, welcome in everybody. It's the important nonsense podcast Wednesday edition, 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 edition. edition. I am your host Steve Bonham. Find me everywhere at nonsense underscore uh, Steve. You can find my co-host at nonsense underscore Neil, which I almost said is my own handle because that is the day that I have had today. But it's it's at nonsense underscore Neil for Neil Smith. Catch the fever. You got to catch the fever over there, Neil. How how are you doing?
0: Made it to another Wednesday, right? Made it to another glorious, glorious In Wednesday. In
1: theory. I mean, this is Wednesday, I think, isn't it? It is I mean,
0: Wednesday evening, 6.40 p.m. mountain. I'll <sighs> give you the weather, too, since that makes for great radio. But uh,
1: can you believe— I mean, look, we had Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday, right? Columbus Day. So day off of work for me. So I was home all day. Then yesterday was my first day back working— And we had a football game at night, so I'm like, oh, this is just Monday night football. So my brain is in full-on Tuesday mode today. (laughs) I am convinced that it is Tuesday. You can't talk me out of it. It is Tuesday in my head. But all right, I'm just, I am, I'm on another planet right now. Well, speaking
0: of Tuesday, what I was going to say is, can you believe we actually had a Tuesday night football game? But for you, no. You just probably figured it was Monday night. That was football. a great
1: Monday night game last night. Given this information. Fantastic, yeah. yes.
0: So yeah, I don't work in the public sector. So Columbus Day, Indigenous <laughs> Peoples Day, that, that's not a thing in my world. We get the day off Thanksgiving. That's how corporate America handles its business. There's
1: also Thanksgiving for our Canadian brothers. A. Shout out A. 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 a to all of our Canadian brothers. Hope you had
0: a lovely Thanksgiving holiday. That is that is still weird to me, Steve. I'm Not gonna lie, as a as an American, um, that is a that is still weird. We,
1: with dual citizenship, we got to figure out these Canadian. Holidays,
0: well, it sneaks up is, on us every year because uh, they were saying they a lot of our our writers were like, we, "Can I get Monday off? Why? Oh yeah, it is what are tentative. you lazy? It's the middle of October. <laughs> it's week six prep. Come on, man! You can't be burned out six weeks in. Like that's not. It's way too early to be. Talk to me in week fourteen. Talk to me in week fourteen when when you take a couple bad beats along the way then we'll talk about days off on a monday for you but no it's uh it was amazing and what i will say is we talked about this briefly in the in the pre-show meeting if they just want to not have thursday night football oh. have two monday night games every week for a, as a thing Look. and just give amazon that i please i'm begging you i'm covid you. has been
1: terrible it's been atrocious it's been it has ruined a lot of 2020 if the thing we take out of it is two Monday night games going forward. I'm here for it. If, <sighs> we got we to gotta get something positive it out would of be all such this crap a nice that we've dealt with. Of,
0: of, right? at, a, at a place where very few silver linings exist, that would be that would be one. Where if we could just get that on the schedule, it is so much better. It is just better. It, objectively. How much better was
1: last like, week when we didn't just have to watch Packers-Falcons? Oh, uh, How much better was it that we got to watch that Patriots game as well, That oh, we at least saw so a great. real football game. Patriots-Chiefs, ah, oh, so much better. And now this week, there was only the one Monday night game, which actually was okay. It was a decent game. And then yeah. the Tuesday night game was great. Yeah, two playoff teams. So, I mean, oh,
0: you got, oh it, was, it was fantastic. You got to watch Derrick Henry on a Tuesday, throw Josh Norman into the shadow realm. Like, that was a great, Man, that he did that too, and he just stiff armed him
1: off the and, field. And we agree on this as well. If you want to just eliminate Thursdays oh, and go to Mondays, or go Monday, Tuesday, and then just push back the fantasy week waivers run fine. Thursday. Absolutely, Wednesday is fine. Let's just, just do that. All for it, please. I'm here for it. It's Having just,
0: my Thursday free oh. to not have to cover a game. oh please, NFL. If you're hearing this, please. Take this, take this feedback and run with it. Two Monday night games or Monday, Tuesday. It's better for the players. Come on, Steve. Let's walk it through. It's better for the player safety. You don't have anybody going on that short of a week anymore. It's only one day. Or you play them both on Monday. We already do that. Come on. It's 2020. We could broadcast two games on Monday. Amazon will be fine. Tell Amazon that it's going to be on, on Monday. Let's let's go. Yeah, instead Make of Thursday,
1: I think about it. Instead of Thursday, so now you play a Sunday game and then you play a Tuesday so you st- you have an extended period of time to get ready, like a Monday game, and then you have a regular Sunday game the following week. It's basically like you have a buy that whole week. You're pretty much building in a second bye as yeah. opposed to a Tuesday game when you're rushing, or a Thursday game when you're rushing teams to get ready in three days. Ugh. just
0: let just you already so own Monday, so much better. Just double down on it. Let Thursday night be for action. All yeah. right, just let that be that, and just come on now it's it would be so much better as a product just long term if you could just make this happen please like i'm begging you
1: well i mean keeping with the light spirit of this that's first kick off the show with yesterday in the midst of that tuesday night football spectacular Le'Veon bell being released by the jets Save us, uh,
0: Tebow. I'm pretty sure somebody said that in there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty
1: sure. Oh, man. They did it. They finally, they got rid of him. Congratulations. Remember that time that obnoxious kid on Twitter blocked me because I said that Le'Veon Bell wouldn't be a top 12 running back this year? No, you didn't I don't remember that to
0: me for a week I'm not at bitter all. at all. No, no, no. And we won't name names, although we could, but we'll take the high road here as much as possible. Yeah, I do remember that you were salty for a week that you got banned, <laughs> daring to contend that Le'Veon Bell was not an RB1 in fantasy football. How,
1: how dare I? How dare I? I don't know if you
0: followed my rankings. I had him at RB25. And so far, I'm feeling great. I am right I on mean, schedule. I mean, I'm feeling
1: terrible about that because how the hell is he going to get up to 25? I mean, woof. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm assuming it'll Yikes. get better, whatever situation he goes to that isn't the Jets, right? You know, there's
1: no right. So, then that's the million situation. dollar question now is where does he end up landing? So, what's do you, well, have, I do you have a leader in the
0: clubhouse? I wasn't done joking about how the Jets are going to pay him 19 million dollars over the next two seasons, uh, this and next to not play for them. Yep. Now, I'm done. Now, I'm done. Uh, but Adam Gase knows what he's doing, in the Jets are a quality franchise. Now, I'm done.
1: <laughs> and if for me, you had told me at the beginning of last season. That Adam Gase would outlast Le'Veon Bell in New York, boy, would I have told you you were wrong? Oh,
0: I'd have laughed in your face. Hey, I you would have given that, you
1: any amount of odds on that.
0: Had you told me that that <laughs> had you told me that Adam Gase wouldn't be the first coach fired, I would have I would have probably laughed in your face. Actually, as I think back on it, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm fair. pretty I'm pretty willing to make that statement. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be the way that that would have to have gone. Because Bill O'Brien, I figured was unfirable. so that one I'll discount. But he outlasted everybody in Atlanta. So it's a, what a puzzler, what a puzzler that whole situation is to answer your actual question, by the way, where I think his leader in the clubhouse is, he himself today through his agent said that he's weighing his options and he's looking for a mix of playing time and also relevancy, which echoes a conversation that you and I had yesterday, where when this news broke, I messaged you, yeah, he's going to want to go to a contender because he's already getting paid. So at this point, you're going to play to put out tape, play to get your next contract, you can't go back into next offseason with the loaded running back free agency and loaded uh, incoming freshman class into the NFL at running back that he's going to feel great about his prospects, given the tape that's out there right now. So he's going to have to try and put out something that looks a little bit better. For me, I think one of the most layups is, is the Patriots, if they were willing to actually do it. I think Chicago is an interesting landing spot with Tariq Hill being down. And I think Arizona would be hilarious and also simultaneously incredibly on brand for Arizona if they could manage to swing it under the cap. But I know you had a, uh, you had a different list that you put out on Twitter.
1: Uh, I did put a list out on Twitter. So first of all, Jags and dolphins, they have the most money to offer him, but he he's, he's made it clear. He wants to go to a contender. So they're right out the window. It depends on how you want to look at it, but the Washington football team, the DC riveras, they have the money. They could bring him in for something that isn't a league minimum contract. I know that he is getting paid by the jets to just kind of go away, but this is one of those situations like with Antonio Brown and the Patriots last year, they're going to contest some of this money. They're going to try to get some of this money back from him because they're not using him. He's not playing for the team. They'll argue he was bowling. When he was supposed to be, yeah, <laughs> well, and game. they might
0: win that grievance. There I was mean, that. Man. There was that very, very real Twitter conversation about it. By the way, so he's like not going to out, play
1: for nothing.
0: Well, real quick, just to point out, <laughs> you go to Washington when it's talking about you want to play for a contender, and I think people might be like, "What are you on?" They, Washington actually could theoretically still win that
1: division. Yeah, and that, that no was other the point way. I was getting in, to in no
0: other way are they a contender.
1: That currently winning the NFC East are the Dallas Cowboys with a record of two and three. So the one and four DC Rivera's are very much in the conversation. And given the fact that they have the easiest schedule of that division, look, it would be a situation where he would definitely be the primary workhorse running back. You would have uh, Antonio Gibson be the third down back, the pass catcher. And apparently JD McKissick is also going to get worked in as well. But, Antonio Gibson would be the third down back to Le'Veon Bell, who would be your primary first and second down guy. I just don't know if they would be willing to do that since they cut bait on Adrian Peterson at the beginning of the year. Uh, Bell is younger. He's probably got more left in the tank than Peterson at this point, but we'll see. It's also, uh, the like I said, the consideration of being on a contender. Along those same lines, the Eagles... What we've seen so far from Boston Scott, that's probably one of our biggest misses so far. Is Boston Scott has not looked good, and he has not been given the opportunities.
0: I was going to say so, it's a combo. He's not getting the re- he's not getting the it's, looks. It's not he's only that, but that line. The line is killing him. It's killing everything. Line really is atrocious. Killing one everything. of
1: my favorite stat lines, by the way, from this past weekend, Neil, is that Miles Sanders had twelve carries for eighty yards and a touchdown. Fun fact. He had a 74-yard touchdown run in that game. <laughs> he did. He did do that. So he had 11 carries for six yards. Well, this is why we tell folks to not
0: just read box scores and actually <laughs> yes. go look so at the actual production.
1: He looked like absolute garbage. He's dealt with uh injury issues his entire career. We've seen that there is no running depth behind him. The Eagles are in a division that they can clearly win. Anybody can win that East, especially with Dak going down, as we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's up for grabs. Anybody can take it, so paying Le'Veon Bell to come on and be their workhorse, I would absolutely be on board with it. That would make a ton of sense. You mentioned the Patriots. Uh, Reuniting with the Steelers would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be the one. many reasons. That That would be great. Uh, I would believe he obviously already knows the system. I don't think he'd be the primary three down back, but him and James Conner would split the workload for sure. James Conner is not a better back. So they do need more depth there other than Anthony Anthony McFarlane. So definitely got to get that Anthony McFarlane stock while you still can. (laughs) Uh, And then you mentioned the Bears. I think the one that makes a lot of sense that nobody seems to mention is the Rams. Yes, they only have $8 million, but they are currently, uh, are they three and two or four and one?
0: They are four and one. They were the four
1: and one. The Niners have absolutely tanked out at this point. The Cardinals have been a good team, but that defense has so many holes. So literally you're just competing with the Seahawks and given the expanded bracket, adding one more playoff team in for a wild card spot, they are very live. So with an easier schedule, a four and one record, I mean, Le'Veon Bell getting added to the Rams. Can you tell me that any of the backs in Los Angeles would outplay Le'Veon Bell? I would say no, even as terrible as he's looked. I would be in
0: a position to tell you that at that point, they basically all have no value, at least as a starting point. You know what I mean? Like They're going to bring in Le'Veon Bell, but they're not going to bring him in to be the worst. So now you'd have four guys. Car washing through on that job when they're going to go with likely the hot hand.
1: I mean, road. you don't think he'd be the. I mean, I'm not saying he'd be the complete like gets I'm saying all he'd be the, the work. The, he'd
0: be the one on paper, but I don't know what that he'd actually be the First and second into, down guy
1: it. and the goal line guy, mm-hmm. and then maybe Malcolm Brown on third.
0: Maybe, but so you're just, so to you, Henderson's
1: he just looked Darryl. bad.
0: he just murders Daryl Henderson, which I could see. Henderson's
1: looked bad. Cam Akers is a rookie, but he has not played well yet. Not well no, enough and, to say, I don't want to sign. Well, that's sign part like of why
0: Andrew. those news reports are going around this week. that Cam Akers is going to get a uh, expanded workload this week. I think largely that's a, that's a comment on Daryl Henderson, Henderson really yeah. just not being that efficient. Like he's yeah. getting the volume. He's just not, and he's getting you fantasy points, which is what's frustrating, but it should be more for what the opportunity he's actually getting. And frankly, like this, the the weaker schedule is really helping the Rams because their line and their line is playing better than it did last year. Although that's not a high bar.
1: So to me, I mean, those are the primary candidates. He'll probably land somewhere else. I've also seen the chiefs loaded out, which would be hilarious to me. Oh yeah. That'd um, be look, he wants, he wants to go to a contender, but he also, the, the problem is he wants to go somewhere. That's going to give him a workload so that he can put stuff on tape. Yeah,
0: exactly. He's got to get tape out.
1: This worked out beautifully for me because this past weekend, I put out my tweet that as of Sunday, it had been 1,029 days since Le'Veon Bell's last 100-yard rushing game. That still stands. It has now been 1,032 days since Le'Veon Bell's last rushing game. So, or 100-yard rushing game. So, I, I mean, look, he's just, he has not been good since 2017. He sat out that whole year Waiting for the paycheck in 2018, and has just not looked great since then.
0: No, and but, I'm not, that's why I'm saying I can't really get super excited about any of the landing spots. Really, even if he was quote unquote the guy, even yeah,
1: and, even if he well, landed somewhere and became the guy, I still would have him in that same mid 20s, maybe, yeah. maybe back end teens range. Maybe. Depending
0: on where the landing spot was and what the individual matchup right. was, maybe. And the buys you could maybe make the argument, exactly. but he's still going to be in that. That back end of RB2, not really an RB2 area, top end of flex type range most weeks.
1: So we'll see. But the big news this week was the violently disgusting injury to Dak Prescott. Yeah, don't Google that. Whose ankle just went completely sideways. That was horrendous. I think probably the worst thing I saw about all of that was when ESPN decided to show the clip and then blur it out like he was flashing the camera. I don't know why you had to do that. You have literally hundreds of hours of Dak Prescott footage you could have shown, but you had to show the blurred out leg. I don't know what that was all about.
0: I don't either, but it was an interesting yeah. strategy. Uh, it was a good
1: choice. It was it was, it was an uh, interesting choice. Well, it
0: got me to pay attention to the TV because I also sure. saw the same clip and I looked off. I was like, "What? what is that? So, yeah. uh, So, Dak
1: Prescott shatters his ankle. He immediately goes to a local hospital and has surgery to repair the break. He will be all right, four to six month recovery. So, he'll be back next year. What uniform he's wearing is anyone's guess. And we, and we we will discuss that heavily in January and February. But for now, we are focused on what happens. To the 2020 Cowboys, Neil, and the domino effect it has on the entire fantasy football landscape. Because you're talking about Zeke. You're talking about three primary wide receivers. You're talking about even Dalton Schultz, who's been a streaming tight end the past couple of weeks. Uh, So there are huge ramifications across the entire fantasy industry. I've seen a lot of people bailing. On skill position players, except for Zeke, people think Zeke's workload is going to go through the roof. Like he somehow wasn't getting work before. I don't know that. <laughs> like, oh yeah, now he's definitely top five, right? Oh yeah. Um, but people are really panicked, specifically about the wide receivers, and it's Andy Dalton. If we when we came into this season, we would rank the thirty-two quarterbacks. I would say that you'd rank the thirty-two starters, and number thirty-three, the best backup for my money in the league, would have been Andy Dalton. So I I said in our NFC East preview, if something happened to Dak, Andy Dalton, given the weapons, given the offense, given the usage, would be a top 10 fantasy option, and I would not change the outlook for any of these players. Maybe a slight downtick, but I'm not drastically plummeting any value for any pass catcher in Dallas. That has not changed on my end. Clearly, the industry wildly disagrees with me. Are you closer to them or me?
0: I'm in the middle of it because you can talk about, okay, so there's a lot of tape that exists over the three years we've been doing this of me on record. Look, I don't think Andy Dalton's particularly good. All right, that's at this point in his career. But if you go back a little bit in time, there's a reason why he's a backup now. And he seems to have the right mindset, if you listen to anything he's said about this, why he wanted to go to Dallas, is because he wanted to go to a place where if he got the opportunity, he could have the weapons to actually go out and prove that he could still play, because he wants to keep trying to go in the league. The last time we saw Andy Dalton actually look good, quote unquote, was 2016, realistically. So it's been four years, and there's three years of direct tape, and there's also the tape from older than that that is also direct. We kind of know what Andy Dalton is at this point. He's never had the world's biggest arm. That isn't to say that he can't throw it down the field at all, but he's never had like this cannon for an arm and he needs to beat you by effectively picking you apart, throwing over the middle of the field and he can make a lot of the intermediate throws, but he's also not Dak. He's 62% for his career in terms of actual passing, you know, accuracy. He's two to one touchdown ratio. His overall career, if you care about quarterback ratings, which I don't, it's like 88. So he's, To your point, he is a very high-end serviceable backup who should be able to come in and not crash the car. So in that sense, I'm not cratering any of the Cowboys. You have too much invested in all likelihood. I would urge you to not immediately go and sell all of your Cowboys because that is a bad plan. And if anything, because of where you probably drafted Michael Gallup, how bad that's gone to this point, I think you have to be encouraged by the fact that he was at least looking for him down the field in that game. We'll see what happens when he actually gets integrated into the actual passing offense and <clears throat> has a chance to take all the snaps with the ones. So no, I'm not saying go crater all your Cowboys, go throw them away. I do agree with the very layup analysis that Zeke does take an uptick because they will run the ball more. They're not going to trust Andy Dalton to do a lot of the creating that Dak does. But I don't think it's enough to just sit to just simply cross the board. Nope. All of this that we were so happy about is just done and thrown in the trash can because it's Andy Dalton. So, no, Andy Dalton, to me, is probably somewhere between 12 to 15 any given week at at quarterback the rest of the way, whereas Dak would have been three or four. So it's going to be a downgrade, but I'm not going to tell you to go just cut bait on everything. And if you have Zeke, you probably are low-key fist-pumping under the table. And hoping nobody sees you. I
1: think that's that's a good distinction because I feel like people are are looking at it as oh well if you're not downgrading the pass catchers if you're not downgrading the wide receivers then you're assuming he's going to put up the DAC numbers and he isn't. Obviously, he's not going to put up the DAC numbers. Nobody is out here saying he's going to put up the DAC numbers, and I am certainly not a huge Red Rifle fan.
0: Beige Water used the last
1: three-year nickname. There is a lot of tape, in fact, to suggest the opposite, (laughs) that I am an anti-Andy Dalton person. However, last season, Andy Dalton, in the 12 games that he started and played, was QB 18 during those weeks. 16.7 points per game, tied with Josh Allen. Oh, he's so good, though, Josh Allen. But Andy told-
0: <laughs> you want to do a breakdown of the Tuesday night yeah. game? We'll do that yeah. uh, for the second segment.
1: <laughs> Andy told me, to all Josh We're Allen, tape review. 16.7 points per game, which, by the way, was 0.2 less than Kyler Murray during that same stretch and was 0.4 less than Ryan Tannehill, who was one of the hottest QBs in the second half of the season. And mind you, his entire receiving core was Tyler Boyd. That's it. Can you name one wide receiver on the Cowboys you would take Tyler Boyd over?
0: Well, you're asking me that question and not the internet, so I'll put that distinction in and as a preface to that. But no, I would still even prefer Michael Gallup to Yes, to Tyler I would Boyd. take all
1: three Cowboys over Tyler Boyd. And If you're I asking me hesitate. about
0: Cedric, then no, because I think Cedric's the one that if you were in- eyeing that as a waiver claim, probably not a great idea at this point. But anybody right. else that has already kind of carved out a lane,
1: I think— So Tyler gonna... Boyd was the wide receiver one. Then you had Auden Tate. You had the ghost of John Ross. You had so many other interchangeable pieces throughout that season. And Joe Mixon. That was it. That was the whole skill core. And now you've got Zeke. You've got Amari Cooper. You've got CeeDee Lamb. You've got Michael Gallup. You have so many more weapons and so many better weapons than he's ever had in his career. 2018. A.J. Green was healthy for five games. And in the five games that he had Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green, when Joe Mixon was still trying to find his groove as a second-year player, Andy Dalton was QB 13. I'm saying he's never had this many guys in one single season. And a defense this atrocious, they're going to throw the ball. And to your point— They're going to have to. He's not going to put up the DAC numbers, but if you take DAC's averages, all right, giving him 80% of DAC's averages, he would have 39 pass attempts for game, per game. That's 429 for the 11 remaining games of the season. His touchdown rate in his career was 5% in 2017, 5.8% in 2018. It was an abysmal three. Last year, but again, Tyler Boyd and no one else.
0: Well, remember by the end, they were just running the ball with Joe Mixon 40 times a game. It felt like, because they didn't, they knew that there was nothing else they could do
1: that. That career average is 4.6% touchdown rate. Given that and his career average, which has been consistent through his entire career for interception rate, you can project that through 11 games, you're looking at 20 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Dak was averaging 412 passing yards per game. 80% of that would be 330 for Andy Dalton. Based on his career averages, a total projection of 99 rushing yards, so nine rush yards a game, and two rushing touchdowns. So when you factor in all the projected points, That's an average of 20.46 fantasy points per game, which would be currently tied with Ben Roethlisberger for 13th. And again, I'm undercutting everything this offense has done to this point, assuming they throw the ball less and run the ball significantly more. As long as Andy Dalton is just as efficient as he's been in his career, he would be borderline top 12, if he goes above that with better pass catchers, you're talking about easily top 10.
0: Right. And for people I'm saying, to say
1: he's totally dead.
0: That's what I'm saying. On average, away. he's going to be 12 to 15 any given week. Will he get into the top 10 some weeks? probably. But you know, you can try and predict it as much as you like, but it's one of those things. So he's going to be in that kind of mid tier, but it's, that's not enough to just unilaterally say all the Dallas pass catchers are done, which seems to be the Twitter analysis. Of, of all of well, this over the last couple of days. And
1: that's not, well, we'll dive into this a little bit further, but first we need to take a quick break. All right, Neil, we're back. We got to, we got to talk some more Andy Dalton a little bit. We're going to talk some waiver fill-ins for the bye weeks, and we're going to play a little bit of a game, but to finish our thoughts on Andy Dalton, I had a discussion with someone today who was saying that they would rather rest of season have Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that blew me away. Rest of season? Rest of season. I
0: thought, I thought you'd be talking about this week. I think that's this a
1: conversation. This week specifically, I could I, understand I it.
0: I think that's a conversation to be had. For Rest sure. of re- season. That's a, that's a tough one considering the Tua effect, right? Exactly. And where yeah. they are as a considering team. Considering
1: the fact that we came into last week saying, well, they may be starting Tua. That they wouldn't even commit to Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starter against the Niners. And then he drops a 40 on San Francisco. And everybody says, well, he's playing too well. You can't bench him now. Why would you bench him? He's playing too well. He's hot. You can't bench the hot hand. I don't understand how he went from borderline benched to being so good that he could never get benched. That doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) Well, he beat the 49ers. That's, that's how, well, technically he beat the 49ers the first game this year, they've actually had all of their theoretical starters on offense and Jimmy Garoppolo clearly. So
1: So, to (laughs) to me, the top pickup of the week at quarterback is Andy Dalton. I think he's top 10 borderline top 10 rest of season, depending on how everything else shakes out. Because again, I don't think he's Dak. I don't think he's top four or five, but I think he's going to be in that top 10 conversation, especially as guys like Brady and breeze and maybe even Cam Newton, fall down a little bit and come a little bit back down to earth. But the other pickup that you have to get this week is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Neil, I shared this stat with you, and it it amuses me so much that I feel like I need to share it (laughs) with our general listening audience that this season, through five weeks, okay, so five weeks, there are only four quarterbacks who in at least four of the five games have finished as a starter. So top 12 at QB. And those four quarterbacks are Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who That's the right. last four weeks has finished inside the top 12. And by the by, if we expanded to top 13, Gardner Minshew. That's there right. Get the stash in there, baby.
0: That's right. Get gotta, the stash in
1: there. Give him his damn respect.
0: Do that wherever possible. And, well, the, and
1: the one week that he didn't finish inside the top 13, he faced the beard. He couldn't, he couldn't <laughs> beat the magic with the stash, but you you can't beat the magic. That's
0: no, all. I mean. No. So for me, it's a, those are the two names that you really need to know for QB waivers. Cause if you go look at your other options for the rest of the season, you're talking about, Maybe it's Teddy Bridgewater, if you really believe that he's going to continue the clip that he's at. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a great thing, but I've been still advising it's limited time only. It'll be great for you as long as it's playing.
1: Well, I mean, but yeah, he gets the Jets this week, too, which yeah, is another yeah, key thing. Schedule, and that, but the problem is yeah, then they get the bye.
0: Yeah, that's and so either issue. way, my, if you're trying to replace Dak, for example, that's my point. If you're going to go the Fitzpatrick route, you have to get two quarterbacks. And you have to be prepared now for that idea and figure out your team. Whereas for the hall, it's probably simpler just to pick up either Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater or Ryan Tannehill, who we also like this week against Houston, um, especially because that defense is not going to suddenly get better (laughs) overnight. So Ryan Tannehill playing hugely efficient ball right now. So if you're looking for somebody with a high floor, uh, I like Ryan Tannehill quite a bit. If you just need something to get you over the And then if you're desperate, obviously Baker Mayfield and I, roll my eyes aggressively as i even say it against pittsburgh um that's not one for me but at the same time he uh if you're desperate you could do worse because there's there's every chance and he has been playing better this season last year desperate being the key and then i we had one last one which is for whatever reason the fantasy pros ecr i threw it in the fantasy pros ecr loves this guy kirk cousins top 10 play this week according to them uh And he's going against Atlanta, which is the reason why. And I understand with no Dalvin cook, I get it, but we had to put him in the, if you're desperate section for us, because I just, I don't see how you can trust it. Even with no Dalvin cook, they're suddenly going to throw the ball. Seems to be the analysis. That's not their system. To me, it's more likely that Alexander Madison is just going to have a monster day and you're banking on Kirk Cousins, throwing two touchdowns to Adam Thielen, or you're just going to end up in a world. You're going to get a 12.
1: That's your speaking that's of your. Uh, speaking of Alexander, Alexander Madison. We moved a running back. He's the primary pickup. Last I saw, he was forty one and a half percent owned. I don't <laughs> know if that's changed. If if things have run, I don't know. Whatever. But this just goes back to what we have said since. I don't know, Neil. The dawn of time, something like that.
0: When do we start this website? Twenty sixteen.
1: So if <laughs> if Delvin Cook is a top five running back and is one hundred percent owned then Alexander Madison needs to be 100% owned, period, end of story. If you own Alvin Cook, you should own Alexander Madison because in a situation like, oh, I don't know, now, Alexander Madison is a top 10 play easily, if not top five. I believe we both have him ranked top five.
0: Yeah, I have it five.
1: So Alexander Madison should have been your handcuff all along. This logic also applies to Tony Pollard. If he's somehow on your waivers, this applies to Chase Edmonds, who now is clearly splitting, splitting time at the very least with Kenyon Drake. Latavius Murray, to your point with Alvin Kamara in new Orleans, there are only a handful of true legitimate handcuff running backs, but you don't have to go any further than Mike Fregan Davis (laughs) <laughs> to see the value of having a good backup running back in the system. Okay. Mike Davis, who's currently a top five running back. That's right. Does is, it, is, apparently is apparently right. it doesn't matter that
0: Christian matter. is an elite athlete. This is just the My system. At work. Mike Davis is housing people. We've hit, it's funny too. We've uh, seen him have success. Like,
1: you people. If you, if crazy. you have one of these guys who is a workhorse top 10 back for you, own the backup. It's just common sense. I know it feels like you're wasting a roster spot, but you're really not. You're doing yourself a huge favor. Do it while right? it's still cheap to do it. Because now it is very expensive to try to own Alexander Madison.
0: Yep. And if you have uh, and if Jamal you're the cook owner directly, directly you're going to you're gonna
1: Tampa. get raked over. T- Tampa's had a very good rush defense the last couple of years. Uh, but Jamal Williams is the pl- pass catcher. That figures to be kind of a high-scoring game. So... I do like that pick. He also still gets the snaps. He still gets worked in. Yep. Uh, Damian Harris against Denver. They really wanted to get him incorporated into the offensive game plan when he came back suddenly from IR out of nowhere. So Damian Harris is certainly going to get a lot of work. Uh, easy top 30 play. Definitely somebody you want to be looking at. Hopefully it's some red zone work for you. Hopefully. If, if you're desperate, J.D. McKissick. He got a lot of pass catching work when Alex Smith came in. Last week. Other than that, he wasn't really used. So you got to really be desperate to go with JD McKissick. Uh, and I love that you've put if you're totally boned. Yes, that's the debut, of
0: the debut of that tag for <laughs>
1: against Miami. Not <laughs> not wrong, not wrong at all.
0: Yeah, if I'm yeah, totally boned, to to we're gonna Le take the Michael Perine against Miami, and we're never gonna we're just gonna not watch that game and pretend it didn't happen.
1: Yeah, just hold your nose and just push through it.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, Wide receiver, Chase Claypool, obviously, against Cleveland. Uh, Look, I said in the preseason I think he's the second-best wide receiver on that team. I stand by that. Deontay Johnson cannot stay on the field. Doesn't matter how great you can run your routes if you can't get on the field. Also, I was told that DK Metcalf can't run routes, so how's that working out? (laughs) How's that working out, analytics? Doesn't
0: seem to matter.
1: Yeah. Uh, Christian Kirk against Dallas. Again, that Dallas secondary just so atrocious. Uh, LaVisca Chenault is getting worked in a lot in very many different ways. Uh, So they're playing Detroit this week. Be uh, mindful that he is on the injury report early this week. So just something to keep an eye on. Uh, And then Preston Williams against the Jets. He finally got worked in this past week. Hopefully that continues. This was you know, what we've all been waiting for. And then if you're desperate, Travis Fulgham slash Greg Ward against Baltimore, you have to really be desperate. Travis Fulgham's been a top 10 wide receiver the last two weeks. He's gotten a lot of work against, um, the, in the second half of the two weeks ago, and then dominated this whole past week for Philly. But again, it's just a lot of attrition. There's, there's, there's so many injuries there. That they are just so beat up. I'm very concerned that after they come out of the bye next week, Alshon Jeffrey's back. Maybe Rager's ready. Uh, Deshaun Jackson could possibly be back. Has he done enough to earn himself a consistent role the rest of the season? I don't know. Has he beaten out J.J. Ortega Whiteside? Hell yes.
0: Oh, yeah. That
1: I can tell you for sure. Yeah, that's over. Uh, tight ends, you got Austin Hooper against Pitt. Austin Hooper has been a top 10 tight end the last two weeks, Neil.
0: Back to oh, back double digits in PPR, wow. baby. He's slowly rounding it in. It looks
1: what a dumpster fire tight end is, by yeah, the way. Yeah,
0: dumpster it's fire reasonable. is an understatement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Ebron against Cleveland. He's gotten at least five targets in each of the last two games. He had that. That's beautiful the bar, fumble. From,
0: folks. That's the bar for starting I mean, tight end. I just want you to know a, that. Like, he this that list is hard last to put together. Week.
1: He tried his hardest to fumble a second time, uh, but he just, they took the play away from him, so he couldn't. Otherwise, he would have. Uh, and then Cameron Brate against Green Bay, he seemed to be the guy catching Tom Brady's eye in the Thursday night game against Chicago. We'll see if that continues. Uh, if you're desperate, Tyler Eifert against Detroit. You're hoping for a touchdown there because he does not get much other work.
0: Yes, and that's not a particularly great matchup at tight end, but at the same time, it's Detroit's defense. So yeah, it's is what it is. There's any chance.
1: Uh, defenses, you've got Washington against the Giants because they've just been terribad. Uh Miami against the Jets because anyone against the Jets. And then Carolina against Chicago. If you're desperate, the Titans against Houston. Houston's been good the last couple weeks. But. Bills were crushing it for the first part of the season, and the Titans just came out with no practice except for Zoom meetings and dominated them on Tuesday night football. So take that for what it's worth. And then very desperate, the Giants against Washington with whatever quarterback they may have back there. That'll just be a sloppy game that I don't really want any part of, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I'm avoiding that game as much as I can.
1: But, Neil, we're going to play a little game of Guess Who here. We played this a couple weeks ago. Uh, So I'm going to give you the stat lines of two different players. We'll see if you can identify who said players are. Are you ready, Mr. Smith? Bring it on. All right. We're going to start with quarterback. Player A has 1,474 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, and only one interception. Player B has 1,442 passing yards. 11 touchdowns, and only one interception. Very similar, very efficient. Who are these players?
0: Well, one of them, one of them is Derek Carr. Because it's the one interception that tipped me off there. But I don't know who the other person is with only one interception. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and guess. Because you always give me one you don't know and one that usually is really way too high. So we'll just say Patrick Mahomes.
1: It is Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr. Well done, sir. Thank well you. Done. Hold on. Thank wait, you. wait. I've got, I've got something lined up for this. Here it is. There you go. Well, Well done. Well done. All right. Let's move on. More quarterbacks. Player A, other side of the spectrum, 976 pass yards, nine touchdowns, and four interceptions. Player B, 949 pass yards. Nine touchdowns, one interception. Who's player A? Who's player B?
0: Okay, well I know player B is Lamar because I know his stat line.
1: Yes, it is an yeah, so atrocious one, start that, for Lamar. That one
0: I know. That one I know. Who a thousand yards? Under a thousand, <laughs> passing,
1: a thousand yards passing, nine touchdowns in, and four picks. I'm, Looks like a brutal stat line.
0: I'm gonna say what's well, it's who's brutal? So it's either Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield or Something like that. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins.
1: It is Baker Mayfield. You were so close. you were right there. You had it. You had it. You're right there. Hold on. Ooh. Oh, I get
0: I don't get any pity points for knowing the Lamar stat line. Fine then. I guess just pout.
1: Uh, perfect. Perfect. All right. Let's move on to running backs. That's you. You were one for two. You were pretty close there, but that's again. Lamar all about the rushing, and when he's run less this year, he has had a rough start in fantasy. Are you panicking on Lamar at this point?
0: I think it's a little too early to completely panic, but at the same time, if I could figure out a way to get, like, full return value for Lamar, uh, like, base, if I could get the equivalent of what I had to put in to draft him, which is a lot for a yeah. second-round pick, I'm probably going to do it at this point because there's enough weird value quarterback— that I could probably figure out with whatever my yep, new piece is, I can
1: yeah.
0: backfill that easier than I can a skill position guy, especially. I think so the problem is that, though, to
1: your point, that there's enough back end QB to backfill that no I one's going to pay.
0: That's that's the problem, and so you're kind of you're kind of stuck from from that perspective. So trying to trade him is, and if you want to do the other one, uh, I think all that means is Derek Carr is legitimately a streamer at this point.
1: Yeah. Like, but he he always has been. The difference yeah. between the, it just blows me away because Mahomes has just two more touchdowns, right? The difference is Mahomes has a hundred extra rush yards and two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, which is not Derek Carr's game. It's really not Patrick Mahomes' game either. It's no, just, just the way can't. that the games have gone this year. For they him.
0: also just don't really have much of a way to run the ball in the traditional yeah. red zone, proven to be poor at it, and they don't really trust Daryl Williams yeah. to do it because he hasn't been great at anything this season. So they got a real problem there Bruin, And so they're letting him kind of get more, you know, he's doing a lot more design runs from like the two yard line for that reason.
1: But that's, let's move on to running back. So we've got player a 85 rush attempts, 314 yards and two touchdowns. Player B has 81 rush attempts, 344 yards and one touchdown. So slightly more efficient, but basically the same numbers.
0: Oh, you <laughs> You've activated my trap card. You've you have <laughs> given me stat lines I know like the back of my hand, because I've had to run a trade column. Player A is Kenyon Drake, and player B is CEH. It is. I That's have to know those Edwards for work. Hilaire. I have to know those for work purposes, Steve. You can't give me ones I have to know.
1: Uh but it I just can't get into again, this many it's arguments argued people
0: on the internet and not know that.
1: It's like, all narrative, right? Because when you look at it, C.E.H. has, I believe, 22 receptions as well, which is a big part of this, whereas Kenyon Drake only has the six. And we were talking about this with The Nerd on our group chat, the fact that when you break down the numbers uh, in PPR, Chase Edmonds actually has more points than Kenyon Drake in that backfield split because he gets all of his work through pass catching. Kenyon Drake has 51 total fantasy points this year, but 46 of them or something like that is through rushing the ball, rushing touchdowns and rushing yards. Whereas Chase Edmonds has 58, but a majority of that 46 points is from pass catches, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. So he's the clear third down back. It's a clear split committee. And at this point, rest of season, I have Arizona split like I had Chicago split. At the beginning of a year with yeah. Drake, because he's getting the goal line work somewhere around 20. And Chase Edmonds now up to about 26. So,
0: to, I wrote it up for the, the, the trade column this morning. Kenyon Drake at this point, in my eyes, is an RB2. And you will not be returning that investment. So you need to figure out how to get Kenyon Drake off your roster at this point. Unless you can absorb that kind I mean, of, a, of a miss. So for me, if I can get out of the Kenyon Drake business, I would like to. The running back is kind of a train wreck in that regard.
1: I'm, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, him. I guess if you can, if you want to, but I feel like you'd still be selling low on Drake. And given it, what running back is right now, uh, I'd rather what, have it, the RB two.
0: It depends what you can get, and so that's that's part of it. So if you can get anything like, yeah, higher if, than RB two, was my actual yeah. in the column. Yep. If I can get okay. more than RB two value, I trade Drake right now. Because he's yeah, an RB2. the Green is of the RB2 day,
1: value. That's different. It, I, that's an that's, that's yeah. important
0: distinction to make. I'm not mm. swapping RB2s, but what I am going to do is if I can get more than RB2, that's what I'm going to go try to do actively in my league if I have Kenyon Drake. It's time to go see if you can get more than that from somebody who might be a little bit desperate at running back, for example, and is willing to give you something like a wide receiver equivalent that would be more than a. An RB two—that's a little hard to do, but it's something like that—is kind of what I'm looking for in my. Well, speaking in my of RB
1: twos, Neil, let's move on to our next one. Seventy-three rush attempts for 333 yards, but 19 receptions on 22 targets for 183. Player B has 64 rush attempts for 249, but 23 receptions on 25 targets. Just one forty-seven. So player three, or I'm sorry, player B has <laughs> less attempts <laughs> has le- less attempts and slightly less yards, but he's more involved in the passing game, just not putting up the yardage.
0: Okay. So player B is Miles Gaskin. I know that one offhand because I've been monitoring that situation very closely, because I've been working on whether or not I want to do a piece on on uh what you want to do with the Dolphins backfield. And then that piece became irrelevant because you know at this point what you're going to do and everybody's right. cut Howard and Breed anyway. So we don't need to write about that. Cause that just took care of itself anyway. So that one's miles Gaskin. I have, who is player a, I'm going to say player A is David Montgomery.
1: So player B is miles Gaskin. You are correct. Player a is James Robinson. Oh, America's darling. I forgot the about next Arian James Foster. Robinson. I've heard.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, don't we don't have time yeah. for that we, we only have like 15 <laughs> minutes left in the show we don't have time to go down that route. two james games could
1: have gotten up. off waivers that are rb2s and as we told you i don't know were you in on that i said after week three you had to sell that at rb1 value I don't no remember. we talked
0: about that on the show yeah that's that's yeah. something that we were talking about yeah for after sure. he had
1: that huge yeah. game against miami you had to sell him because james he are never going to be at a higher value
0: james robinson is a textbook sell high and and still is technically speaking by the way folks if you want to go do that if you can
1: still get rb1 value for james robinson you sell yeah, that all day that's
0: mana from heaven we talked about it they're gonna bring guys back in jacksonville at a certain point Reichwell armstead and they're various bring other guys people.
1: back he hasn't been that great it was yeah he was all it's a propped nice story but you
0: found a hundred dollar bill on the ground and you need to go cash your hundred dollar bill in because get that at full value off your team get something more Predictable nah, you
1: you found a dirty ten, and somebody's <laughs> paying you a hundred. Right, and right, you're well, like, oh go, my god, a hundred dollar yeah, bill. Go, here you go.
0: Go do that because that's it's time. Like now is the time to be doing that. Whereas Miles Gaskin, I'm actually good with just riding for the season.
1: Yeah, if, I my, get, if I could Gass, get a better yeah, deal, is, sure. But to your point, right? The difference is James Robinson has a Zigbo, He has Armstead coming back. He has Chris Thompson, who's getting more and more snaps, getting more and more worked into the offense. So his role is going to start to diminish. Whereas Miles Gaskin was on the roster with a healthy Jordan Howard and a healthy Matt Breida and a healthy Patrick Laird and just completely outplayed them and took over the starting job and relegated them all to the shadow realm and has just completely destroyed any value anybody else has. Yep. No to the one point else where Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch. Yep,
0: it's over. Miles Gaskin wins. He's your running back for the Dolphins for the rest of the season. And if if, if you told me before the season one guy was going to get all the work, we wouldn't have had that projected that way because we had it nope. a split between three guys, and that is all falling apart. And he wasn't back
1: even back. one of the three.
0: No, exactly. <laughs> he was like not draftable. He, we thought he might get cut. Yeah. Like so, there you go. So Miles Gaskin for the rest of the way for sure.
1: All right, but we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll finish up with wide receiver. Our friends at Monkey Knife Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game.
0: That's right, and there are three ways for you to play. Stat shootout, rapid fire, and more or less.
1: In Stat Shootout, you put together a two- or three-player team that'll accumulate the most of whatever stat type you've chosen to play, like touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of the three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds the chosen goal, then you win. And the higher the target goal that you choose, the more you can win.
0: So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee, or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the
1: entry. I mean, obviously you go big or you go home.
0: Obviously. Then there's rapid fire, where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Michael Thomas or Julio Jones? Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win, but again, more risk, the higher the reward.
1: Sure, I mean, I only need to get two out of three matchups right to win one and a half times my entry, but if I can get five out of five, I'm looking at that 15 times payout again. You can buy me a lot of Johnu Smith jerseys with that money, Neil.
0: You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Depending on the contest, you'll be giving two to six players and their statistic targets for the game, like Cam Newton with 233 and a half passing yards against Miami. You have to decide if that player will get more or less than that target.
1: But just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return as well. So you can go two for two to get that basic one and a half times payout if that's what you want to play. But if you've got the nerve... You can attempt to go six for six and hit the 30 times payout so many john new jerseys well the only thing better than winning
0: money from monkey knife fight is getting money from monkey knife fight for free
1: oh do love the free
0: just go to monkey knife fight to sign up for a free account when you make your first deposit use promo code nonsense that's promo code nonsense and monkey knife fight will match your deposit up to fifty dollars
1: This is literally playing with house money, guys. So go to Monkey Knife Fight and use promo code Nonsense, N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, and get in on the action this weekend. All right, Neil, we're back. Let's go through wide receivers. Player A. 35 targets, 22 receptions, 364 yards. Hot start. Player B, 37 targets. That's two more. 22 receptions. That's the same. And 381 yards. That's more. So player B having the better statistical start. Who's player A and who's player B?
0: Well, this is going to anger people, by the way, Steve. Because I because I because
1: no, I know not the internet.
0: I, I know the answer to this and it's gonna make people angry. Player A is Tyreek Hill, and player B is DJ Moore.
1: You are correct, sir, because Tyreek Hill is hot garbage, <laughs> and uh, DJ Moore <laughs> is apparently not as dead as the internet would like you to believe.
0: So well, uh, and that's there you that's go. and well, this speaks to something we talk about all the time. You and I have both gone on record with this multiple years. The difference here is that Tyreek Hill is wide receiver seven. DJ Moore is wide receiver 25 in PPR currently. The issue is DJ Moore has one touchdown that he got last week. Tyreek Hill has five. So in order to stay at that relative pace, given the relative production elsewhere, which we just illustrated is say it with identical, identical Tyreek Hill has to score a touchdown every week. Do you really think Tyreek Hill is going to score? Internet, please. Basic math time now. Do you really <laughs> think that he's going to score 16 touchdowns in a season? Like, because like, it's the only way he's going to be game? a top 10 wideout for you. That's it. When we it.
1: talked about the Packers, I said that Aaron Jones is running back Tyreek Hill. Yes. And it made for a good soundbite, and it got some laughs, right? But no, it's it's a fact. He's a touchdown-dependent boom-or-bust player. And again, to this point, Tyree Hill has scored a touchdown every single game. He had a receiving touchdown each of the four and a rushing touchdown this past week, which you can totally count on that, right? Every week. Uh, But to this point, every week, he's finished as wide receiver 25, 7, 12, 20, and 21 in PPR scoring. If you remove the touchdowns, if he gets tackled at the one-yard line, he would have been wide receiver 45, 23, 30, 45, and 31. He would have had one game inside the top 30 and it would have been wide receiver 23, barely a wide receiver two. Tyreek Hill has had a terrible year production wise. But because he keeps falling in the end zone, it's looking a lot better than it actually is. If you can sell Tyreek Hill on wide receiver one value, it is the steal of a century, whatever yes. you get back. And
0: I'm recommending you go do so because as we just pointed out.
1: There is a very real chance a league exists that I can sell Tyreek Hill right now to get DJ Moore and a running back that I can get DJ Moore and something for Tyreek Hill when they put up the same numbers. Steve,
0: it's more depressing than that. I'm here to tell (laughs) you that I'm sure there's a league where you could trade Tyreek Hill for DeAndre Hopkins straight up. Probably. Okay. I'm telling you that that league <laughs> probably exists. So, any other scenario, you can give me insanity. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I'm just telling you, I think that is a real thing. And yes, you should be actively planning your exit strategy from Tyreek Hill because there is no way on this planet that he's going to have this magical LeGarrette Blunt season where he scores 18 touchdowns and manages to be a top 10 wide receiver for touchdown regression is a real thing and i don't want to base my fantasy season around it so i want to go ahead and divest from that and get into something a lot more stable than having to deal with the headache of tyreek hill
1: all right here we go neil moving on player a 40 targets 362 yards and a touchdown player b 40 targets 365 yards and two touchdowns nearly identical who you got?
0: Well, one of them, player A is Tyler Boyd. So Tyler Boyd, we, we, like, he's one of the yeah. guys that has, he has 40 targets for the season, which you're looking at that like as a good person looking at Tyler Boyd. That's good. Oh, he's only got 300 <laughs> yards of chance. One. That's bad. <laughs> and then the idea that now AJ Green is a ghost. Player B is, is one I actually struggling with off the top of my head as I filibuster so we're gonna take a shot, and we're gonna say player B is. We're gonna say player B is Ceedee Lamb, even though
1: that can't possibly Player B is Darius Slayton. Ooh, there you go. One. Yep, makes sense so again. Harry, totally Dar- Darius flyer. Slayton is a. But that's my point. Darius Slayton is a guy who you would argue shouldn't be in your starting lineup. He's a guy that you would say is outside the top thirty-six. He's barely in flex consideration every week, and yet. Tyler Boyd's a must start. Tyler (laughs) Boyd is a lock. Tyler Boyd's a top twenty. He's the number one receiver on that team. It's it's the same thing. It's the same thing. (laughs)
0: It's the Spider Man meme for sure. Yeah, because if you're looking at actual point totals right now in PPR, Tyler Boyd eighteen, Darius Slayton twenty two.
1: Yes. So again, so they're right there. If you're trading Tyler Boyd for Darius Slayton straight up, I'd say you would win. To get, the t- to get Darius Slayton in that deal. Yeah, as you know, so, the show, yeah. not
0: a fan of Tyler Anti-Tilor. Boyd or the, AD- or the ADP that you had to pay to get him.
1: All right, and last one, this, this is going to be a little bit of loose math for you, Neil. All right. So because one of these players does not fit the full five games, five-game pace, all right? So for two players, five-game pace, player A 55 targets, 558 yards, and three touchdowns. Player B, 53 targets, 528 yards, and two touchdowns. Who's A and B? 53.
0: Mm. This is a hard one because you gave me, yeah, you gave me some kind of weird outlier uh-huh. type of math there. Let me see here. Well, based on where we are in the season and what else I know you're talking about two of the top end wide receivers in the league, probably like top three to five. Cause that would be 10 targets a game with the yardage to back it up. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess, uh, player B is Deandre Hopkins. Player a is DK Metcalf.
1: Oh, you're so close. Player B. Is DeAndre Hopkins player A? Jameson Crowder. Oh, our boy. He's, he's a man. <laughs> His five game pace, two more targets, 30 more yards, and an extra touchdown than what DeAndre Hopkins has done through the first five weeks of the season. Jameson Crowder does not matter how horrible the quarterback play is or that their running game doesn't exist. Jameson Crowder is a man. He is dominant. He has been what right now in PPR points per game. He is wide receiver two. We told you in the preseason. We did. You should have listened. If you did, you own him in every league like you should. Started the year in the ECR,
0: wide receiver 40. And you and I both spat out our tee and dropped our monocles and immediately started writing furiously. Monocle
1: shattered. That will not everywhere.
0: He, I wrote this well, up for the trade column. He is my wide receiver by low, the easiest one so far for the season. If you can go and do this, I recommend you go do it right now because that production is real and it is not going anywhere. It's real add. and
1: it's spectacular. It's
0: you know? spectacular. He's their only third down weapon and their only red zone weapon. He averages. Game, he has 100 yards receiving in every game he's played. He has two touchdowns, he's only played three games. I understand that there's some injury risk, but given what people think of Jamison Crowder, you can usually leverage that back against them and get him at a steal away from people who don't believe in it. And he is the sun, the moon, and the stars as far as the Jets offense is concerned, the only piece they have.
1: All right, but as we profess our love for Jamison Crowder, that wraps it up for us. For all the latest news, injury updates, and a full preview of this weekend's matchups. Make sure you're checking out Trust Your Bust with Jack and Jason every Friday night slash Saturday morning, whenever you listen, wherever you listen. We will be back next Wednesday to talk about uh, week seven at that point. Wow, we're flying through this Somehow season. Neil. already. And remember, no Thursday. Oh, we're blessed uh, with no Thursday night football, double the Monday. Oh,
0: every week, NFL, moving Just forward. Do it. This is Just how we do it.
1: Do. This is it. Neil, where can the people yell at you on social media?
0: You can yell at me at social media on nonsense underscore Neil at Twitter and the Fantasy Life app primarily. Check out the Tuesday or check out the Wednesday and Thursday trade columns written by myself and Wes Smith, no relation, for all your trading needs. We are getting to that time of year, folks. It's time, time to start making those tough decisions.
1: Uh, make sure you're following the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NonsenseFF. You can follow us in the Important Nonsense community page on the Fantasy Life app. Make sure you're subscribing to the pod. Wherever you listen, leave us that five-star review on Apple. We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. Well, you can follow me everywhere at nonsense underscore Steve. And until next week, make sure you keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam
0: and NFL Blitz. And you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!